Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. Jackie, we're halfway there. We're at the halfway point. We we didn't stop. We didn't. <laughs> this is a runaway train. Sometimes we're falling the fuck off the train. We're under the train. We're under the train. We're on a horse trying to catch up to the train. We're in the back throwing coal, trying to keep it running. We're doing everything. We're the conductor. We're the bitch complaining about her tea not being hot enough. We're everything, but we have made it. Um, we're six months in and super excited this week we're covering the 2000 movie scary movie and we have a special guest Teresa from luscious garbage welcome Teresa hello thank you so much for having me thank you for coming we're again stoked that you (laughs) found us you found us and you decided to join us so we're very excited about that I think it was the welcome to the dollhouse TikTok that you did I was like Danielle we have to find her. We have to have her on. We found our people. And <laughs> then I was that then... one, man. I didn't think that I would get so much response from it, honestly. But people love, love, love that movie. It's so good. So good. And then, you know, luckily we were able to talk and I was just like, would you like to form an alliance with us? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jackie, tell us about Scary Movie. Well, (laughs) I just have to say every time I told my mom, I was watching, I had to do scary movie this week. She's like, well, Johnny, Johnny's my brother. Johnny's been watching lots of scary movies since it's almost Halloween. Like, no mom, like it, that's the title of the movie. I'm not just watching scary scary movies. (laughs) It's the movie, scary movie. That's a side note. Scary Movie is a parody film making fun of the most popular scary movie tropes that took over the late 90s, as well as a no-holds-bar assault on pop culture of that time period. The film takes aim at movies such as Scream, The Sixth Sense, The Matrix, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and The Blair Witch Project. It stars Anna Faris, Regina Hall, Marlon Wayans, Sean Wayans, Shannon Elizabeth, and Sherry O'Terry. And it was directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. And you can find this movie currently on HBO Max. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So, you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current cells agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best, would watch and repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. It's okay. Nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Trash. Straight up parody (laughs) trash. (laughs) Ladies, what are your Y2K ratings? I'll start with you, Teresa. I would say uh, five-day rental. I really, really liked it when it came out. I really liked it. It was something that I talked to my friends about the next day after I saw it, you know? Yeah. It was something like we repeated the jokes 
It's something that I saw like multiple times. I loved it. Five day rental, an entire week with this movie. <laughs> Jackie? Um, same day rental. Yeah. I, I saw this coming. <laughs> um, it's just a choice, a personal choice for me. I, I just, I'm not big on parodies. And so a lot of it was lost on me. Very, I will elaborate and say, I am not big on very obtuse parodies, such as scary movies. Y2K Danielle would give it a five-day rental. She was laughing. She was. Did she remember most of it? No, not really. But is that any different than any of the other movies we watch? No. No, not really. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so let's let's jump in honestly ladies I think for this episode we could be a little different because the funny thing is Jackie and I have done we've done scream we just did scream Mm -hmm. um few episodes two episodes ago we did I know what you did last summer um I feel like there were some other movies they did a little blip of a parody of of titanic which we also did so it was really funny to get to this movie and watch it and be like huh all these other movies were fresh in our brains because we've done it so far on on um this season so i just think it's crazy like how did they get away with literally just redoing the script of scream they say it in the movie (laughs) Like, I feel like it's almost word for word in some parts. I'm like, wait a minute, this this feels real familiar. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, I I will say the opening scene is my favorite scene in this movie. Um that's why I have Carmen Electra as my background. That was one of the best, I have to say. Yeah, it's expertly done. I I was very appreciative of the th- the things they took. So the opening scene in scary movie parodies, the opening scene in scream with Casey Becker, where she's being tormented by ghost face and ghost face killer. Like I keep calling him. (laughs) Jackie's like, Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. Like, no Jackie, it's just ghost face. She keeps saying ghost face killer. That's what his name should have been in in Scary Movie. That is a missed opportunity. Actually, yeah. Um, So it's Carmen Electra. Um, Well, Carmen Electra's name is Drew, which is a, you know, a a tilt of the hat towards Drew Barrymore, obviously. Yes. Um, And that kitchen scene is, it's very well done. It is. Um, It, It mirrors Scream pretty perfectly and the the things they chose to parody about the original scene and scream were very clever like even like the jiffy pop like getting giant and like taking over the kitchen I very much enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um let me see oh and she said and, and the other thing I really appreciated was when the the killer on the phone asks her what her scary favorite scary movie is she replies kazam with <laughs> Jack. Like, oh 
Um, the, uh, the other thing I kind of appreciate, and I, I, I've always really enjoyed Carmen Electra because she was one of those people that was in Playboy and like had hosting gigs on like single down and stuff, but I always felt like she didn't take herself too seriously. So the part where the killer is like, I want to see what your insides look like. And she's like, turn to page 54 and he's like, <laughs> looking at a Playboy. I just, I giggled. Yeah, I like <laughs> that she was able to make fun of herself. Um, while doing research for this, I just found it very interesting how against the studio was to have her play this role. Um, they, I, I think they asked Jenny McCarthy to take the role she declined, which I also find funny because for Carmen Electra, she was kind of in the nineties was in the shadow of either Pamela Anderson from coming on right after Car- like in on Baywatch after she kind of started leaving the show and then on the flip side Jenny McCarthy so it was just pretty interesting that she could make fun of herself she talks about her relationship with you think she's gonna say Dennis Rodman but then you see Prince which you yes. forget she dated him I, I literally in my notes wrote Prince question mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be Prince is like the boyfriend, the big black boyfriend she says she has. And he's like the shortest man in the, or on the world, in the world. Um, but yeah, the studio did not want her to be in this movie. They, they didn't, could, they couldn't take her seriously. And so what Keenan Ivory Wayne said, um, they weren't interested in having her join the cast. Miramax just didn't want to cast her. Um, they didn't think she could actually pull it off. And um, he was say- saying that they thought she would be cheesy. Um, and he's like, no disrespect, but she was just one of those first celebrities before we had a Kim Kardashian who mm-hmm. was better known for who she was dating and just being famous for being famous and not necessarily her acting skills. Yeah. Um, but he was like, but that's the point, right? Like that's why this would come off so good and he I'm glad he fought for it because it did come out really well she did a great job yeah that's that's strange to not want her because she's cheesy because that's the whole point right (laughs) (laughs) and apparently Uh, Britney Spears was also offered the role of Drew Decker and turned it down I can't even imagine her team would have never let her do that absolutely Uh, honestly I just feel like so this thought popped into my head. We know who those nasty men are behind Miramax. And we have we've done so many Miramax movies on the podcast so far. But all I was thinking was that she was dating um, Dennis Rodman at the time. And maybe she wasn't deemed as um, somebody that was easily manipulated. Because... I know obviously that man is a sexual predator. You would think he would actually be excited. Maybe he probably had some advances at her and she didn't agree. Mm-hmm. I could see all the the people that they offered the movie to. And I could, I could just see him being gross like that. So yeah, I, that's the narrative I'm going to believe. And so way to go, Carmen Electra. <laughs> that's how I look at it. And then when she's running out of the house away from the killer, all her clothes come off. Of course. <laughs> and she's running through a sprinkler 
And I'm just like, she is beautiful. And I feel bad for having like that gaze, but I'm like, I can't take my eyes off of her because she's so goddamn pretty. But I mean, that's kind of the point in 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 sincere scary movies, right? Like that mm-hmm. was the point of casting Drew Barrymore in that opening scene. Like they her her boobs were up to here. You could see a little bit of her nipples. There's always sex intertwined with violence yes. in in scary movies. You know what I mean? And so it was so interesting that they just went full force with it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, just just be naked. Yeah. Because right? that's what men are looking at. Just be naked. And, yeah. and she's so aware of it that she's like throwing her hair back. <laughs> the whole scene. It's so funny that that um because I think that maybe that was the first parody I'd ever seen. I was really mm-hmm. young. Yeah. And it's like I was fascinated because it's it's like, wow. They're parroting everything that we were making fun of. Yeah. Yes. Part of our conversation. You know what I mean? I very more is just bouncing with her boobs while she's screaming (laughs) harder. (laughs) And I think it's, it's really important to, to mention, like, obviously this is a Wayne, Wayne's brothers production from Mm -hmm. the script was, you know, Marlon, Sean, um, and they had other non Wayne's um, family members write on it. And then Keenan was directing it. But they had they've done parodies previously before mm-hmm. this movie. And they always just had a really good finger on the pulse of making fun of the things that they're seeing in movies. And I always just thought that was really great because not only was it a family production, they brought their entire family on board whenever they did a movie but it was a black perspective because I think for black people in the black community we tend to obviously we go and see these white movies but we we have a different perspective of like there's no way I would do that or why the hell yeah (laughs) go that way like we talk about how right yeah (laughs) um so why are you looking back yes (laughs) So I think it's great that you got a group of people who are marginalized by this industry being able to to give you that bird's eye view of what the mm-hmm. masses are thinking. And I think that's I why really it works heard. so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have Carmen Electra. One of my favorite scenes too is that when Drew Barrymore did it in Scream, she ran outside and then hid behind the window instead of really trying to like gun it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love in your scene, that's where she's, she's holding the damn banana. She had a a table of weapons. And she grabs the banana. And we we talk about this. And when we did the scream episode that like, why are these people never weaponing up? Like that is the, if you're going to, you're going to flight then you got to run but you should also find a weapon just in case you do have to fight and it's just like <sighs> she had a baseball bat she beat the trick-or-treaters with the baseball yes, bat the children <laughs> poor children mm. i was like are we billy madison throwing balls <laughs> at the children <laughs> um so then we see um Pear? 
Is it her parents coming now that she's running? Yes. And her mom is giving her dad roadhead and he hits her with the car because he's not paying attention. And he doesn't even care what he hit. No. He's like, get back to it, which is like, <laughs> I think that's a second see, a second time in the movie that there's like a unwanted there- roadhead situation. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And she goes flying in the air. She still looks great in her wonderful oh, yeah. underwear. <laughs> flying and then the next scene is another um parody of scream it's anna ferris and she's doing her hacking skills at her computer so Teresa, in scream did you ever notice in that first scene with sydney that she's literally coding and hacking into something I didn't. Yeah, Jackie, of course, picked that up the last time when we were watching the episode. And so I was trying to look at the, in the parody if they had picked that up as well, because it's just like, are you in the, are you hijacking the uh, NSA? Like, what's happening right now? (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny. And And then then she's, oh, go ahead. Uh, No, no, go ahead. Sorry. They're taking this very frivolous teenage girl. Um, character and making her like a genius (laughs) (laughs) packing really quick (laughs) just on a friday night i'm just gonna do some light hacking it's fine no worries no worries Um, at all and she is also wearing a moo moo nightgown (laughs) (laughs) so it it's no secret on the podcast that i I love me a moo. I've got a variety of them. My grandma bought, bought them for me. They're comfortable. They're amazing. Why can't I wear these in public and live my damn life? <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, Cindy has a variation of uh, Sydney's. Oh, I, I'm going to mess up Sydney and Same. Cindy. And I think this is why this movie, the scare, this first version of Scary Movie did so well because it's, it still had plot. Once you start getting into like two, three, four, five, it, it's it then it becomes like joke after joke after joke. Mm-hmm. It's more of a sketch comedy. It feels like, um, yeah. So we see Cindy doing some light hacking. <laughs> uh, Bobby comes in her window. Bobby is her boyfriend, and she has an open sign in her window. Yes. but before she yes yes she has an open sign in her window and she hears something before bobby comes in and mm-hmm. he like scares the bejesus out of her again very much pulling from scream almost line for line in most of most of this and um, then um around the same time her dad sticks his head in the door and apparently her dad is a drug dealer one has to go on a trip (laughs) it was so weird right like I felt when I watched Scream I thought in my head you know Sydney's dad is probably a drug pusher because why he convention please he's selling coke but so (laughs) I loved that they did that for the story plot for the dad (laughs) and then she literally says say hi to uncle escobar for me (laughs) 
And he's like, I, I left you a treat in the coffee pan or, um, he's like, and he's like, what do you cut it with? And he's just like baking. And he was just like, what the fuck? How, you know, a lot of these things did not hit for me when I was younger, when I saw this movie, cause I was stupid, not knowing about drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, shortly after that, dad's like, okay, uh, I'm going on my drug run. See you later. <laughs> um, Bobby comes in They're They're making out. And at one point he says, I just want to have my balls licked. Yeah. Which that was jarring. It's so funny because in the, in the, the source material in Scream, it's like you get that feeling that he's trying to be subtle, but it's like, dude, you just you just want to get laid. Yeah. Yes. Like he's like, what? Your mom died a year ago. Get over it. And the fact we talked about that in Scream, like the fact that two people pretty much so like that was a year ago. It's her mom. What's wrong with these people? And she was brutally murdered. Brutally murdered and raped. And they're like, well, it happened a year ago. What's happening right now? <laughs> it's, it was so, it's so strange. So I think it's so funny that they just went ahead and made the character say, I just want my balls licked. Because that's exactly, what that's he exactly what he wanted. It so. was, yes, that was the vibe that Skeet Ulrich was giving off in Scream. Yes. 100%. <laughs> And I love that in this scene, he like starts to get a little frisky and he puts his hand and he gets electrocuted because she's wearing like some weird wire chastity belt, which to me was almost like a reference to Robin Hood Men in Tights because um, another spoof parody. Um, And if you haven't seen that movie, anybody listening? Oh yeah, everybody needs this. I just find that movie to be one of my it's my favorite it's so funny um but she's wearing a chastity belt um lady marion so i thought that was a callback to that movie and then um paula cole's i don't want to wait starts playing and dawson crawls in the window and he's like oh wrong set which i think is weird i think they should have just had joey do it because dawson was never crawling into his own window this is true. Yeah. Semantics, Danielle. Sorry, you know, guess to keep on it. I was really about my WB shows. <laughs> they should have they should have hired me as a consultant. I would have let them know. Gotta get Joey Potter up in this bitch, not Dawson. <laughs> and so at the end of the scene, like they after he gets electrocuted, he's like, Okay, I guess not gonna get my balls licked tonight (laughs) i'm going home and so he leaves and she says do you want some pg-13 and it is harry manchester when she flashes him which is another really really brilliant at the time it's overdone now but i feel like that was the first time like that kind of joke was done (laughs) and it was just another part that just really made me chuckle (laughs) i just i i think it's important for us to know that this is this is literally um her first movie yes 
she got she got this movie didn't have an agent never was she was never in anything before this movie and um she was and it's sad because like I I was watching an interview of her on I think it was E um and how insecure she felt about being in the movie and doing the movie um she was really hard on herself about how she looked in the movie um and I'm talking about Anna Ferris by the way (laughs) I didn't even say her name and also insecure just about her comedy skills. And I know Kim and I Wayne's pulled her to the side a few times and just, you know, gave her some encouragement and some, some really good, you know, points of reference. And I, I feel like how better, what better way to start your comedy career than surrounded by the Wayne's brothers. But like, yeah. and I now, I would no, yeah. she was nervous. Her timing is so good in yeah. every movie, but I had no idea that this was her first movie. Yeah. Her timing is perfect. I I really, really enjoy Anna Ferris. Like one of my favorite like go-to movies if I have nothing to watch is yeah. What's Your Number with Anna Ferris and Chris Evans. I just love that movie. And she is so like spot on like you said with her timing and her physicality in her comedy I just really really appreciate what she brings to all of her roles that she's in and that's natural that's a natural talent and a skill that you can't teach no matter what like you cannot teach that and she just had it 10 times over I I honestly couldn't imagine anybody else playing that role at all now we are the next day at school. Cindy's arriving. We see, um, or actually, I'm sorry. Uh, we see the bus pull up and Shorty, played by Marlon Wayans, gets off. And his oh. sister, Brenda, played by Regina Hall. And Shorty is just a stoner. Like, it's just, he is who he is. When that man so much. <laughs> am i i hope i'm not i'm not breaking up the vibe i cannot stand um marlon wayans it's that's marlon right yeah yeah i can't stand him like even <laughs> i thought as a kid i just like felt like taping my eyelids shut <laughs> i would he is just so severe like yes. all of his expressions and he has to drool in every single movie that he's in okay and like I saw him next to Regina Hall who is such a good actress I love her so much she's an amazing comedic actress yes and she's good um actually she's an amazing dramatic actress as well yeah but I was just like I was looking at the contrast and I was just like you're so loud lower it down so that I can see Regina Hall okay yeah uh I was gonna say when he was coming off the bus it made me think about like all the scenes he was in and what what was the point of his character because it wasn't parodying anything no it was no he was literally because his his family was making a movie I mean he helped write it I mean, I feel like he could have just done a cameo. I like with him, him and his 
brother do like when they did white chicks together like fine but I want to say maybe they were tapping into that like trying to get the stoners stoner humor yeah but it wasn't or maybe like it was like trying to be Friday-esque but not really and it just didn't translate there was something that was very yeah like unnecessary and just obnoxious about that role and not obnoxious in a funny way just obnoxious obnoxious I think, you know what because the best scene with him was when um they're when they're on the phone and they're parodying the what's up that that was hilarious that was comedy gold that's that was the um scene that everybody was talking about yeah because okay, to, right? to this day sometimes I st- like if someone asked me just chilling you know <laughs> you know I always think of that scene yeah. but yeah other than that and he could have just done that one scene and that would have been fine yes it would have been great that would have been like the cherry on top yeah but he's Marlon Wayans so he's like no I'm gonna be in it in it well and I'm gonna be extra yeah extra, <laughs> extra, extra. and let now we can rewind and really take a deep dive into the queen regina hall because obviously we meet shorty we find out their brother and sister she scolds him about getting him you know to class or whatever but she is such an underrated actress and you know and it kills me i don't understand why luckily later in the year she's been picking up a lot more roles and you see you you know the exposure is more and so she's becoming a little bit more of a household name but it took too damn long in my opinion and she's fucking hilarious I mean I could just watch her all day she's mm-hmm. so freaking good and so this good. and this movie in particular because you know, here we are, we're getting um, black director, black writers, you would think, okay, we're going to get a little bit more black representation. We get this wonderful character. And the only reason the character itself is wonderful is because of her portrayal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and that's it. I, I can't credit any of the writing. She took whatever little there was and she ran with it. And I think people, because this movie was never meant to be a sequel. We were never meant to get a part two. Even in the tagline, it says like, it's the, like, I don't know what the exact words are, but it's pretty much like, this is it. And they have to amend it in the second movie. We lied because they they made a sequel. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that she's even in the second movie is because it her character resonated with so many people because mm-hmm. she was so fucking hilarious. Yeah. And she had to audition four times for the role of Brenda and a producer told her not to do scary movie. And she said that now she kind of gets it, but then she said, no, of course I'm doing scary movie. That would have been bad if I said no. Yeah, it actually, I think, helped her career because she, you know, in the Black community, she's very well known, but this movie was one of those kind of crossover things that 
people know her from and mm-hmm. shit as a black actor it's so hard she was getting paychecks exactly she was doing multiple movies so i think it was one of the best decisions she made do i like these movies no but get your get your bag girl i'm not mad at it yeah exactly and she she's just she's so good at straddling the line which marlon wasn't good at yes like she, she is it, she was in this movie over the top but over the top in such a perfect balanced way yes Yes. what I mean she was so exaggerated in the perfect way so that you could you could relate to her but also laugh you know Mm -hmm. what I what she was doing she she could she could be vulnerable like when she was in the scenes with um Ray the character Ray which was Sean and you know in that bedroom scene where they're together and he's telling her to put all (laughs) Yes. put all the football gear on and she's kind of like excited okay. in the beginning but then like side-eyeing him and just <laughs> each step just the way she she did that could have gone a whole another way yeah like you really yeah. you did feel for her like oh she's really trying for him you know? <laughs> <She> is. <laughs> oh man but we'll get back to her more because that scene in the movie theater is all she owned the movie with that one. Oh yes <laughs> Now we see Cindy's best friend, I guess, Buffy, getting dropped off by her parents. I love this scene so much because if these men got something right, was in girl world, this is shit that happens. Of course, um, (laughs) Brenda says i don't know why you're friends with this girl she's so she starts talking all this shit about her she's so fake right and as soon as buffy gets up to them she's like hey girl hey you know (laughs) which um i mean there are just so many layers to that then buffy waits her dad leaves which was super weird because her dad looked like he was writing her a check and i was just like what's going on here why is dad daddy warbucks writing a check for his (laughs) thought daughter um and she rips off her sunny dress which it wasn't like this kind of skimpy as it was already yeah and then she's in another skimpy outfit so (sighs) Um, and so there were lots of butterfly clips in this scene, which I really appreciated. <laughs> I, I do love everyone wanted those, the butterfly clips. Oh my God. We were rocking them hoard in, in high school yeah. for sure. Um, I do like that. There's this homeless man that comes out of nowhere. And I believe he's actually, he, he's, he's played by somebody. I don't know if it's an actor or one of the producers. I, I forgot, but there Buffy's like get away from me and I know. she starts talking about like how good and sweet she is <laughs> yes yeah she, she's because they were talking about um you shouldn't wear that I think Cindy was like don't wear that makeup they're harmful to animals and she's like I care more about people I want to get back to the people here comes a homeless man and she's like shoo get away ew and Cindy's like oh he just wants a sandwich and doesn't so, he say like I asked for a dollar bitch yeah, yeah. And he throws <laughs> a sandwich at her and I was like yeah. ruthless <laughs> <laughs> then they get you know they get into school 
then we meet this teacher who I, I recognized her because she was on um, In Living Color, which is also produced and written by the Wayne, Wayne's brothers. Um, so she's the teacher and she's literally breastfeeding this child and then hands off the baby to a student and it's like, oh here you go to your daddy and then she starts flirting with another student and I was just like oh my god but I guess that speaks to there were so many trials in in the 90s of these teachers having sexual relationships and having children with their students we also see um there's news crews hanging outside the school because (laughs) Drew is dead so we are introduced to Gail Hailstorm, played by Sherry O'Terry. I love Sherry O'Terry. So do I. She's just like, she's it's the a- only way to s- describe her energy is just chaotic. She <laughs> did so great in this role. And I love her name in this uh, as a play on Gail Weathers from Scream. But one of my favorite parts of this whole damn movie is when <laughs> you already know. I the, already know. The blue, Black News Network is like, white people are getting killed. We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Just- that was another like really awesome nod to the Black people, to their Black audience. You yes. know what I mean? It was like very apparent that they were making this movie with black people particularly in mind yeah they were like they were doing more than winking at us they were like shouting at us they were speaking directly to us you know (laughs) it's like everything you thought in your head we're just gonna lay out in this movie exactly um and then we see cindy and company hanging out at the fountain well before that uh when she's in class and maybe I no, when she's in class she sees Ghostface outside her window and she finds then randomly she sees these notes where <laughs> there's like I know what you did last Halloween and then she like starts fantasizing about some weird shit and the fact her boyfriend's putting a hot dog very grossly Deep in, in her, her mouth, mouth. Yeah grooming her mouth for what's to be mm-hmm. next and then I love how there's another <laughs> no he's like not that bitch not that like when you kill somebody yeah um and then it's the fountain scene which is pretty much ex- identical them laid out how they were mm-hmm. in scream and then they start talking about what they did last Halloween obvious parody of I know what you did last summer and so it's this flashback and I and she literally says it's been one year since we killed that guy (laughs) okay (laughs) and then they're all in the car driving down the road um what's what's the mean guy's name well, just before we we get sure. to that um, scene, the funny thing about the the note saying "I know what you did last Halloween," the screenwriters. Okay, so when Miramax they bought the script from the Wayans brothers before they even really finished the script. That's one thing, 
And there was another script floating out in the universe that was similar of making a parody of, of the scary movies. So what Miramax decided to do and Dimensions film, because that um, was also um, the studio behind this movie and Scream, they decided to buy both so that there wouldn't be any suing. You know, oh. so they bought both scripts. And so Aaron Seltzer and Jason Friedberg are the reason we got a plethora of parody movies in the 2000s. They were behind Disaster Movie, um, I think Date Movie, uh, all all those crappy ones. If you notice, all those movies said from the people behind Scary Movie. The reason they were able to say that is because they got this measly white writing credit on the back end of this movie because oh, it took with like one joke from their scripts right and so the wayne's wayne's brother talk about that in a few interviews where they're like yeah we don't get any money from these other parody movies that were literally a jump off from our movies and it's not like thinking about that i was just thinking about the embarrassment like for somebody to think that that I had something to do with disaster movie. Right. Kill me. (laughs) Yes, that's a good point. I think they definitely felt annoyed by that. But I I think especially as creators and Black creators at that, to know that these guys did the bare minimum. Yeah. And got paid. Got Mm -hmm. so much money from those. And got other movie deals out of it. Yeah. And these guys got nothing out from that. So I just thought that was really interesting. Sorry, continue. So you were asking about <laughs> the scary guy. You mean Greg? Greg, yes. So Okay, so, so we see this flashback and they are driving down a road in a car driven by... Oh, it was um, driven Bobby. by Bobby... Yeah. And Greg's in the back just drinking a handle of whiskey or something. Um, he and Shannon Elizabeth are making out in the most uncomfortable way I've ever seen. Like it was unsettling. <laughs> yeah. To and watch. Ray and Brenda are in the back too, and they're making out. What I have here is Ray is gay. He's grabbing Greg's ass. While he's making not, out with Brenda. He's not grabbing his ass. He was in his ass because when he so Greg <laughs> Yes. Because yeah. you hear that noise. So Greg is making out with Buffy and he's like, Oh baby, I love when you play with my ass. And she's like, Hold on, my hands are up here. And then it's he knows, he knows it's not even like, oh my god, it's like Ray. <laughs> like it's, like it's happened a bunch of times cut he, it out and he's like oh my bad like oh my god and then you hear the pop so it's like he wasn't just grabbing it he was in it deep and I have I have mixed feelings because I understand it's a parody but I really hate when uh marginalized people are used um as com- comedic relief um, I was like, but I felt like somehow Ray being gay was almost 
kind of tasteful in this movie like it was weird and it's like I don't think that the the joke was that he was gay I don't think like the joke was his homosexuality I think the joke was that he was obviously gay but he was playing straight and like nobody said it yes came out and said you're gay why are you you know what I mean and even at the end he's like I'm I'm not like he didn't even have that realization himself which if we if we deep if we dig a little bit deeper off the surface or deeper than the surface I could even say that they were talking about black men being on the down low which is something that is very prevalent in the community especially around that time Mm -hmm. um and they made it normal like all the people in his life were just fine with his behavior I mean obviously his girlfriend was a beard or maybe he was bisexual I I don't know but um nobody was judging him they knew that he was doing all this shit they just accepted Ray for who he was (laughs) and he loved it's rain and men (laughs) okay the part and the funny thing is because in so many other Wayne's brother movies and tv shows they do play a lot of gay characters and sometimes Mm -hmm. it has come off it hasn't aged well I'll say that so with this one it was kind of like huh okay but again and I I also felt like it was that weird Billy Stew connection where you're like there's a deeper relationship here that y'all may not have explored but it's there I but I want to say something and I may get some hate about this but in a lot of white bro comedies or bro relationships in these movies it's very homoerotic (laughs) and black people watch these movies and like that's not y'all are real (laughs) close yes and it's yes yes yes. and the women in the movies are like no 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 red flags again what's happening here (laughs) like are you guys friends or lovers and and they they kind of use these like homoerotic ways of of getting close to each other to signify how straight they are ray and brenda are making out Buffy and Greg are making out. Buffy's thong comes off. Brenda's giant ass granny panties come off because it's laundry day. Look, that shit was relatable as fuck. Okay. I I don't disagree. So they're making out. Underwear is coming off. Greg decides to get in the sunroof and act crazy, which uh, this whole scene is word for word action to action i know right out of yes cindy is up in the front and bobby is trying to get her to touch it because he's just unzipped just touch it (laughs) just touch it just the tip just the tip (laughs) and so (laughs) no means no bobby and so he's 
convincing her he's unzipped and then of course greg oh he hits the tree tree branch not once multiple tree branches and then greg loses his balance stands on cindy's back and so now she's inadvertently giving bobby roadhead and he is very distracted about what's going on swerving they swerving see me, they see me rolling <laughs> they hate oh man and then hits a fisherman in the middle of the road <laughs> this scene oh my gosh when they say we hit a boot where's the foot <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what I love is that this scene is them arguing and the guy's like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. Which is what ha- kind of happens in the movie. Like they don't even really try to check this man's pulse, really see if he's breathing. Oh, like you've been saved. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I- I'm just going to put my boot back on. I'm fine. I'll see you later. And, and this man comes to consciousness like a few times. He gets hit by a bottle by Greg. Then they're like stuffing him in the trunk and hitting him. And then here comes another unnecessary scene of Shorty, Shorty just yeah. car full of weed. Hot uh, boxing. So then now they're back at the fountain because hold they, on. What happened? When they throw the fisherman in the water and it looks straight up like a sex dummy i'm like what the fuck just happened i rewound it because i'm like that is not in any way shape or form i feel like that was a common like joke in the 90s do you guys remember with all that um like particularly with with the repairman man man do you guys remember Mm-hmm. I, a, a little bit <laughs> I feel like and it was also in Martin if you remember that yes. like every, whenever somebody would throw somebody out it looked very obviously like a dummy and that made it so much funnier yes. um, I, well I always think of Jazzy Jeff being kicked out of the Fresh Prince house but apparently they shot him doing that one time and they just kept using it over and over again <laughs> but yes i i I just thought it was hilarious that they just did it so on purpose because in other movies they were trying to pretend like that's a body Mm -hmm. we're not dumb now we're back in present day and roided out greg is like we're taking that to our grave cindy and like chokes the shit out of her he chokes her in the scene where they're at the car which like i'm glad they did that because when we watched i know what you did last summer i was just we were talking about how toxic barry was like he was railing into julie so bad and like everyone just stood there and was like okay and so now so he choked her in that scene and then he he's like wwe style beating the shit out of this girl yes and her boyfriend's just staring ray ray is just staring her girlfriend is just staring like brenda's like both of them and i'm like damn (laughs) and then there's a discussion about who would play them in a movie and she literally says jennifer love huge tits (laughs) (laughs) and 
then someone else says, I don't know, I bet they'll all be in their late twenties or early thirties. Which we just talked about when we were in Scream. Cause I was like, you can't tell me Ski Ulrich is no damn teenager. That was like, that was a thing back then too. And I don't know when they started using, because now it's very popular to use actual teenagers. Yeah. And I don't know when that started because I grew up with teenagers being played by 30 year olds. Yeah. Yes. And even, um, what's her name who played Dion? What is her name? Stacey Dash. When I found out. I was 30. She I mean, was 30. I, I know black don't crack, but Jesus Christ. What? But Alicia I know. Alicia. Alicia Silverstone, I think, actually was young when she yeah, was in that. I role. think she was 17. Yeah. So that oh. was good. So then it's such a throwaway line, but I love it so much. We see Gail Weatherstorm. <laughs> and she literally turns to Kenny, her cameraman, and says, Here, hold my gum. And like launches her gum at him and I'm like that's a really great moment yeah that's probably really underappreciated but I love it and then she says who do I have to screw to get a story so very obviously in walks Doofy who is another character that uh I problematic just say it because it's bad I mean really bad I was so proud of them up to this moment like I was like oh wow they really this doesn't it holds up a little bit better than I had expected yeah and And then then, and it's just every single it is a caricature of a special needs person and it's horrible I had a really really tough time anytime he was on screen I was a special needs teacher for 12 years so like I that's something that super resonates with me and I just my heart hurt every time I saw him I thought that it was okay because at the end it turned out he was um not pretending yeah You know, I think that's why they thought that they could go like all the way past 100. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but look, it turns out he's not actually special needs, so it's fine. He was just pretending it. Yeah. The the line was so back in their rearview mirror. It was bad. I didn't know which one was worse, this character or the character from um, There's Something About Mary. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Franks and beans that was bad and so then this is when the scene with the teacher breastfeeding the student happens and Cindy's kind of daydreaming and she looks outside and she sees the killer and then gets the notes um and then and then she gets called into the principal's office and it is Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley which is such a great play on the fact that you had the Fonz from Happy Days playing the principal in Scream. And yes. so Laverne and Shirley is actually a spinoff of Happy Days. So I thought that was a cool callback. Yeah. That character actor, I don't know his name. The guy who plays the sheriff. Yeah, he is like 
creepy and everything he is like yes. he that is his character is to be creepy and creepy weird. yes I, I have to feel like he's either a hundred percent he's either a hundred percent that way in real life or he is the nicest person there's no yeah. in between he <laughs> yeah because he plays an asshole in everything he's in they start talking shit about like Cindy's mom and how she's you know in, insinuating that they've all gotten down with Cindy's mom um and they're questioning her or whatever but it's just like not even a real interrogation it's super weird doofy comes in and he tells them that he's shit his pants it's like it's, what? Uh... <laughs> teresa's shaking her head like oh, wow. <laughs> um and then the next it's on 500 percent. like everything in this movie is 500 percent yeah it was <laughs> they're not trying to be subtle in any way no. whatsoever and then the next scene is they're in the men's locker room Ray's <laughs> racing everyone to the showers oh. follow uncle ray and i'm like oh I love this callback because again, it's that Ryan Phillippe scene from, I know what you did last summer. He's by himself and he starts, okay, roiding out Barry, roided out Greg. I think they should just name him Gary because that would have been great. Um, And he is boxing and all sweaty and stuff like that. But then he finds that picture of his micro penis. flashing all around like did you do this did you do this i'm like dude you're showing everyone your dick right so so i think i know what happened we saw them originally by the fountain and they were just talking like and scream then cindy Mm -hmm. went to her class then they were in the locker room and then came back i guess they came back to the fountain again so that's why I think I got them confused. But now they're back at the fountain. And he, this is where he really beats up Cindy. Yeah. And he's accusing Ray of the Polaroid. And Cindy's like, no, I got one too. He said, Bobby got a small dick too. And everybody's oh, yeah. looking at Bobby. He's like, and Bobby looked like he wasn't even sure. Like maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like he was waiting for everyone to tell him if he did or not. You know, and side note somehow Bobby lives in an airstream on school property. He's washing his clothes in the fountain. Like, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> the next scene is the beauty pageant where Buffy is is Miss Felicio. So Buffy's name actually comes from, is like a a nod to Sarah Michelle Gellar, who plays um, Helen in I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she also obviously plays Buffy, the vampire slayer. So that's where her name comes from. And so this scene is kind of parodying the I Know What You Did Last Summer scene. Um, But I love that she wants to do (laughs) a a dramatic a dramatic reading and and greg is in the rafters and cindy and bobby i don't i think cindy bobby or cindy and ray left so it's just greg up there mm-hmm. and <laughs> the only way she she's doing a fan everybody thinks she's doing a fantastic job but it's really because 
Greg, Greg is getting his ass shaked. Like, yes. <laughs> she goes, do something. Someone do something. <laughs> Which we talk about in the, I know what you did last summer episode, because it's literally like people are holding her back while she's trying to get upstairs to her boyfriend who she's seeing being murdered and everyone's like stop what's wrong i'm telling you bitch in the rafters he's getting killed (laughs) so i thought that was a really great nod to that scene but then afterwards she goes backstage she's hysterical and then she finds out she wins and they're like what about greg and she's like fuck greg i won here's my crown like wiping tears they did not do as good of a job making that crown look as great as they did and i know what you did last summer that crown is perfection (laughs) if i'm as a crown connoisseur i can tell you it's amazing but um i do like that scene where it is um cindy buffy and i think it's bobby and they're kind of waiting. I don't know. I forgot what they were waiting for. But for me, I thought it was hilarious because you see Ghostface mopping in the back. We also, again, talked about that. And it's so many scary movies. You wonder, how did they have time to kill, move the body, and clean up all that blood? Because, you know, mm-hmm. and I know what you did last summer. They go upstairs and they don't see anything. So I thought it was so funny that they have him mopping and cleaning because it was. They're they're just having a conversation and behind them is just the killer. He's got a trash bag with the body in it. This is (laughs) leisurely cleaning up after himself. And they're all just like, we don't know what to do. We can't find Greg. (laughs) And then we're in Cindy's house in the bubble bath. Yeah, and she's shaving her mustache, her face, her tongue. I don't know. <laughs> and then the killer calls, and well, so they have an exchange. Well, Bobby calls first and says he asks her if she needs help and or come to come over, and she's like, no. And then she thinks yeah. it's him again when the killer calls. And so they have an exchange, and then, um she's out of the bathtub she she goes downstairs and this is one of the parts I like about the movie only because it breaks the fourth wall which I really love and it does like the track zoom into her but hits her in the forehead like the camera literally hits her in the forehead and so I kind of appreciated that where it breaks the fourth wall in a way that you don't typically break the fourth wall Cause like, usually you just look straight at the camera. You don't actually like get hit by the fucking camera. I didn't know if this was, um, if this was making fun of the Blair Witch Project situation or if it was just, I, but then later on we see them kind of mock that. So I wasn't yeah. sure. And then she's on the phone with the killer and he's like giggling, like I'm in the house. You can't find me. And like <laughs> his ass and his little feetsies are like behind the couch (laughs) and she's like oh I can see you he's like oh hold on turn around close your eyes I gotta hide better he's like crawling under the rug and like that was a great scene it was was a really good scene (laughs) 
Because it's, you know, and that's that's what you wonder doing during Scream. It's like, this is not some tiny guy who dressed up in very simple clothes that could easily be, you know what I mean? Like, he can't easily camouflage himself. <laughs> no. Higher Halloween costume on. No one hears him breaking into the house. No one can see him. Where is he? Like, how can he hide? Yeah, that was that was really good. Those were the best jokes. In Scream, there's a scene where one of them are in the costume at the grocery store, and I was like, how does no one catch him? Right. Exactly. So yeah, kudos to them because that was one of those things that was just disbelief like this doesn't make any sense later on in the scene after he starts chasing her she runs upstairs and there's like she throws a vase at him there's a bicycle chilling on the stairs that she throws at him she throws grandma at him like and it's like that again that thing where it's like yeah they always run fucking upstairs instead of like out Out the the door. door So um, I did appreciate that that nod to <laughs> Bobby got arrested there and she's at the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, she, they're trying to figure out who that the killer is. Bobby swears this is not her. She gets picked up by her best friend, Buffy, who then we find out is um, Doofy's sister. They go back to her place again, scene for scene of Scream. Cindy punches Gail yes (laughs) and there's this this line that Kenny the camera guy says he accidentally steps on Gail's feet and she's like what'd you do he's like sorry Gail wears the Prada shoes I'm like is this from Legally Blonde like (laughs) is this 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 interaction because I'm trying to figure out what kind of island accent this man's supposed to be having as he I'm I'm dying laughing with his interactions but I did write I had to write down what he says because he steps on her foot and Gail's like who did that and he was like I am sorry it's me I only took and then she's like he falls on her or something he's like I only touched the top of the breast tender and juicy and I'm like what's happening right now then this is when the shorty was up scene happens which at the time was even more funny for us because we were getting those Budweiser commercials that took over the universe at the time and even still this is just a brand it's so funny so you kind of overlook like that it's it's unnecessary and And, and, yeah unnecessary could have been cut but I I do really like the line just chilling killing (laughs) (laughs) um that part was good now we're back at buffy's house she says bob yes buffy says bobby is just too perfect handsome smart good in bed and (laughs) cindy's like what'd you say (laughs) (laughs) what come again Uh, and then (laughs) this part i i laughed at when doofy walks in is like here's the ice for your hand and chucks it and hits her in the head 
And then he's like, I'll get some ice for your head. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. I- I'm good. Thank you. And he nods that he kind of, you know, spills the beans that he knows that they killed somebody. And she's mm-hmm. like, what the hell, Buffy? Why did you? She's like, it was an accident. I was talking to Greg. And again, they they replayed the stupidest scene from Scream. If you know this child has been almost killed, why? And you know that this man is calling and stalking. Why are you picking up the phone and giving her any calls? Every person she knows is in that house. Yep. What the fuck? Again. And then this is also where Doofy comes out with the biggest boner alive and the vacuum cleaner. And he's like, I'm gonna be in my room cleaning. No, he's Don't like bother me. I told you not not to come in when I'm cleaning. I need my <laughs> time. His face like gross, gross. I wonder if men really did that. Did they try to vacuum their penises? I'm sure some someone did. I'm sure maybe it started as a joke, but I'm absolutely certain <laughs> someone did. Hurt. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is where um, we get that Shorty's like, um, I saw this in a movie before, and was it Shorty that said, "Yeah, the movie Scream"? It's like almost word for word the dialogue, What's and so going- it. It, it becomes meta in that moment where like yeah. they recognize like we're just ripping off other movies at this fucking point <laughs> like it is what it is <laughs> cindy says we have to stick together we're gonna meet at my house you can bring some friends but don't tell everyone we're trying to keep it quiet and that mirrors Stu's rager and scream with a killer on the loose I love that in that scene again this is probably a marlon wins like line that i'm like okay with where he goes yeah 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 i'll keep it quiet and then he turns around party white girls everywhere like he just yes. i don't just that part i was like okay that made me laugh and he then said, white see- girls for everybody that's what yeah. <laughs> everybody <yeah. laughs> They have this exchange and Bobby's like, she's gone and she's not coming back. And Cindy says, oh, and he goes, it's been over a year. And Cindy says, but Ginger was such an important part of Spice Girls. I mean, <laughs> like, that's else so would... random, but probably in the year 2000, it was heavy on a lot of people's minds. It was yes. real. Extremely relevant. It was very devastating to all of us. Like, yes. what was she doing? Why? And then to I'm still mad. Bitch, you should have stayed in the group. You weren't doing nothing. <laughs> and then the way Cindy runs out of this scene, like Phoebe and friends. Yep. We're now in the girls' locker room. We see Coach Man. I don't okay. <sighs> there are two things about the scene that bother me or or are perplexing one all of a sudden this whole time Buffy has been really nice to Cindy and now she's making fun of her I didn't understand that for her character because she's hadn't done it the whole time like now are you my enemy super weird because she's like pretending someone is calling and making fun of her then the miss man I what's happening back to like what what is this what movie are you referencing what are you trying to say are you making fun of like a a trans person I 
I yes, don't understand. Are. Like it's, I think it's that for its own sake, honestly, like the Wayan brothers are really good for making fun of gay people and trans people. It's, mm-hmm. it's really prevalent in their comedy. Well, I did research on the actress who plays Miss Mann. Her name is Jane Turka. She is a bodybuilder. It doesn't seem like there's much about her personal life, so I don't know anything beyond that, but she is a she and plays Miss Mann in this movie. It's a cheap joke that that has been run to death with them and mm-hmm. run to death in the 90s like if you don't ha- if you didn't have anything to say you just made fun of people in the lgbt community especially, yes. especially trans people um it was they were a joke in themselves because it that's another scene that was completely unnecessary yeah mm-hmm. it didn't help anything it just made the movie longer cindy goes to talk to miss man and buffy is left alone in the locker room and she hears the whisper of red rum which i thought was pretty clever yeah um and she does the whole tatum and scream thing like she approaches the the ghost face killer (laughs) every time she she is approached by Ghostface and she's like, oh, are you going to kill me? Are you going to stab me? Oh, oh, uh, oh, am I just supposed to bleed now because you stabbed me? And then eventually, she, oh, she breaks her own leg. That, that brilliant. it was too much. But. <laughs> and then he cuts her head off and she's still like oh am i just now a gross scary severed head and then he finally throws her in the trash can which i'm like good shut that bitch up (laughs) i love that callback to the scene with tatum yeah the part and she's just like, oh, are we going to play Scary Killer now? Oh, no, I want to be in the sequel, you know? And, like, everyone in the audience is like, bitch, that's not your boyfriend. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> for so long, and it's like, can you not tell that he's not joking? <laughs> I love how they took that. The, um, another callback that they do just it's later in the movie but I think it's perfect to to talk about it now is the scene in the the Tatum scene in the garage and so they use another character who we've never seen before she does call out that she's a day player but to me I feel like this scene is fat phobic as hell because they could have done this with a just any person and an average size person if they were going to call back the Tatum scene because any anybody even Tatum size going being pulled up by a garage would have been too heavy for the garage itself, right? Right. Then the the absolute unnecessary reason to have this woman who is a plus size woman to do that scene to to try to get that 
point across was unnecessary and fat phobic, I believe. I think that it, it would have played a lot better and made more sense if they just would have made the hole super small and had some, mm-hmm. some dumb, you know what I mean, character like, trying to get through it, you know, right. when it's obviously way too small. That's a lot easier. And I think is more related to the source material because she couldn't get through this very small, you know what I mean? The point wasn't that Tatum was too big to get through this, this um, square. The point was that, that the opening was too small. Yeah. 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 So unnecessary, but rewinding back, cause that, that just, that bothered me (laughs) that scene. So now Um, there's the, Correct. And we're outside the the school. There's a teacher threatening to commit suicide. He's standing on top of the school and Cindy reenacts the, what are you waiting for? And he's like, okay. And jumps. And then this is the scene where Brenda and Ray are, are making out and Ray makes her put all the football pads and uniform on. And then he says, turn around take it brandon take it and she's like who what what's happening here (laughs) and in the conversation before they get there she doesn't want to go to this big ass party Mm -hmm. which i love because let me tell you there's a killer loose black people are not going to a big ass party first of all i'm surprised yeah i'm surprised they even go anywhere because we would have been locked in our houses but they decided to go to the movie instead which that we're not there yet but yeah that's where they make the decision and then we see the scene where gail is at like a lookout (laughs) heather's getting murdered by ghost face and then she's running uh kenny gets killed the cameraman so now gail is like Blair witching it with the camera and just the copious amounts of snot that are pouring from her nostril. Yes. Um, what happens after this? That girl and gets then, killed. Um, yeah. Well, the girl in the car. Yeah, the random girl from his class, the kiss ass yeah. teacher's pet. Yeah, and then Gail and then Kenny gets killed and then Gail runs into the woods with the drippy nose. And then after this, Ray and Brenda decide they're not going to go to a party, but they're going to go to the movies. And so many Black people at the movies tropes are played out in this one scene. And I want to say, no, these are just stereotypes, but I've been a party to some of these. And <laughs> I've seen some of these, especially like, I'm going to buy you movie tickets, but I'm not buying all the little candy and stuff. You better go get some for the fridge or like my parents would get yeah. snacks ready, put in the bag. I have not brought an entire chicken though. That's new. <laughs> oh, a meal though. I brought like, um, like an actual combo meal. I've done that multiple times. I've been doing that since I was a child, okay? (laughs) Because it was hammered into my head, like, do not pay movie prices for this food that we have at home or you could get at the drive-thru. I've had chicken wings. (laughs) I've had chicken wings. 
I'm not ashamed. I love it. <laughs> My problem with this, so this by this time when this movie came out, Scream 2 had already come out. So there's the infamous mm-hmm. beginning, the scene opening with Jada Pickett Smith and Omar Epps, and they get killed at the movie theater. And Jada had requested that she get really brutalized when she got killed. Obviously, we see Brenda doing all sorts of things. She's on the phone. She's got the chicken. She talking to the screen, which I am guilty of. I try really hard not to talk too, too loud, but I have, I have commentary. I, uh, <laughs> I have a problem. Um, she's doing like all the no-nos, but I love Black people because we do all this shit and I dare you to say shit to me. <laughs> it's on, it's on site. We gonna fight. Yeah, like, nobody like in a black theater tells somebody else to be quiet. No, no, it just doesn't a, happen. I like when everyone starts kind of shushing Brenda, and she's at first she's like out of my face, <laughs> out of my face, out of my face, and then she pulls out a camcorder, and she's like, "I'm recording you." I'm like, "Oh, this is like." when Karen's come out now and we all pull out our phones to start recording them. The recording part spoke again to me (laughs) because when I was in college, I started a business called Blackbuster. We didn't have cable in our dorms. I had nothing but VHSs and I would rent them out. So when she brought up the camera, I was dying laughing because it just felt like a memory unlocked of all those bootleg movies. Oh, those were the days we were living. It was a great time to be alive. <laughs> so while Brenda's living it up, Ray goes to the restroom. First off, the carnival urinal game. <laughs> like, I thought that was pretty clever. It was. It was. I enjoyed that. And then he goes and somehow finds a fucking glory hole and gets a dick through the head. Which was surprising and unsettling. That was very unsettling. <laughs> it was because, like, I'm hurt. like, yeah, he, yeah, because I'm like, okay, he finally found his glory hole. He's good. He's just gonna act out his his ray urges. No, he just gets fucked in the ear, and it comes out the other side. And I'm like, well, his brain is like has a hole in it like I just I I'm didn't so, I'm so confused like be, I'm confused because <laughs> at the end you know he he so, comes back he, he's at the party later with a big bandage on his ear and right. I'm like hold on <laughs> so like Buffy's dead and Greg's dead but the dick to the head didn't kill Ray and for me, I'm finding out new information because I went to go pop popcorn at this point. So I missed that part. I... <laughs> oh, you didn't see the dick no, to the ear? I didn't. All I saw was, I was like, why has he got that bandage on his ear? Super weird. He got a penis through <laughs> the head. <laughs> you guys are filling in the gaps. Thanks. <laughs> but well, then a penis I... filled his head. That, but I got mad at the next scene. Like I felt a kind of way because I felt the way they killed Brenda was. Now you can call me being sensitive, 
No, it wasn't sensitive because I felt that same way. Okay. I, I've had this discussion. I don't even, I don't even have to know what you're about to you say. You know, know what I'm, you know, we know. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's the same way that I felt about Jada Pinkett um, dying in front of everyone and no one did anything. Yeah. And so to me, I was like, I, I really had to think about it because at least in the Jada version in Scream 2, I was like, of course, white people are going to do that shit. And of course, they're going to have some storyline that Jada asked to be killed that way as a black woman finally getting to be in a scary movie. Like, the why? I, I Like, why did they got called out in Scream 1 about the lack of diversity? So mm. they added some black people to Scream 2. But we don't have to be the people that die in the beginning. Like, we don't have equity yet to be able to say, okay, now everybody can kind of get a crazy kill scene. Like, we don't. And it was just so egregious. I I, I, I felt that way about Scream 2. And the way that they did it for Brenda so in this movie, I was like, okay, are they trying to speak to how just ridiculously over how bad it was in Scream 2? Or is this just another example of, you know, Black women don't mean shit at the end of the day? I wonder, because of the people that are portrayed stabbing her, if it's a commentary on how, because it was all religious figures, right? It was a monk, Mother Teresa, the Pope, a Jewish person really speaks to how people of color have been treated by religions and I don't don't know I thought it was interesting the people that they decided to portray stabbing her was very very interesting yeah that's a, a totally different look that I didn't think about I I just kept on trying to understand the Wayne's brothers perception or their thought process. And, and then it made me start digging back and seeing how pro-Black women they've been maybe in their other stuff to see if it lined up. And <sighs> that's what I was saying. I'm, I was thinking back and I could not pull, I mean, yes, they've had their sister in movies and stuff like that, but I don't think they've done a really good job to help with lifting up no, not at all. They're um, some of the most egregious, I, I would say. So for me, I'm still on the fence, but I was, I felt a kind of way I was pretty pissed off on how they did her in that I mean, scene. Of like who's doing it, like who's directing it. I don't think that there's anything deeper in their intention than parroting Jada's death in Scream 2. Well, like, I, I mean, parroting it in a way and also they don't really care yeah that's that's it as a black woman being stabbed by all these white people Mm -hmm. and on a big scale that is it that was what made me feel because you had you had the power you had the ability to talk about something to 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 fix a wrong and you just were able to throw them to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they participate in massage noir. So, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just kind of help that. 
Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Luckily, she comes back in the second movie fine, but I was very annoyed. And I, the funny thing is I don't remember that scene from when I was a child, so I actually really felt a kind of way, not a child, but when I first saw the movie. Oh, okay. So what happens after this? Now we see Cindy taking a beer bong. So <laughs> she's obviously hammered. Yeah. And Bobby walks in and she says, let's go upstairs and does like the really awkward, not a wink wink. <laughs> and she tells Bobby I'm ready. And then there's making out with lots of gross tongue. And then they get really poorly CGI tongue tied yeah, that was weird. And then it cuts to Shorty pretending to see dead people, but he's really just playing. Like he's just reenacting that scene they for just, no reason. Yeah, again, egregious, not needed as my SAT word, superfluous. <laughs> like not, why? And then he has no rolling paper. So somehow makes a bong out of the fish tank. The poor fucking fish. Which made me think of idle hands. Oh my God. Wow. I do love idle hands. I love that you both have the same reaction. (laughs) The killer is now getting high with Shorty. Yes. And I I do like that his mask face changes. (laughs) Much like the the face of the thing in idle hands so now we're back to cindy and bobby bobby's like pushing her head down and she's resisting but he is adamant (laughs) and then he said it's like sucking on a tootsie pop (sighs) she's like oh okay and then fucking bites his penis and then he starts taking her panties off bats fly out (laughs) Her bush needs a hedge trimmer. And he's so horny that he doesn't care. No, I, he's just like, he's okay, like, let me put I, the I, brought, I brought a saw. It's fine. <laughs> I brought a chainsaw. I brought glasses. I feel like I just want to make a video meme of me after quarantining and finally getting it off. <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then the scene that is seared into my brain and i can't i can't unsee it where fucking bobby comes and shoots cindy to the ceiling with a fountain of i can't i just like the part before this where she like finally gets a taste and she becomes a dominatrix and (laughs) say my name (laughs) yeah um yeah it's that scene is is absolutely gross and (sighs) then we go back to shorty and the killer and there is a rap battle (laughs) and as Ghostface is rapping he's like gesturing and stabbing everyone except for shorty yeah and shorty's like not even caring that his friends are dead but like hugs the killer so the killer never kills shorty (laughs) no and then um cindy runs downstairs um she has a gun i don't even know where she got the fucking gun which yeah that's funny and then she sees uh because bobby when when her and bobby are in the room that's right the killer comes and 
stabs him. She runs out and now she sees, oh, Bobby is fine or he's still alive. He comes down the stairs. She does what we talked about in Scream. She gets, she chucks the gun like an idiot. And, and then he says, um, oh, uh, Shorty runs out and he's like, this shit's crazy. And Bobby says, we all go a little crazy sometimes. And he shoots Shorty and Shorty's lungs are full of fucking weed weed smoke and he's like hitting his lungs as he's fucking dying shorty is not missed i do not miss shorty um yeah he gets shot then bobby goes catch up yeah um he reveals his master plan yeah and then ray walks in with the voice box at first it's a woman's voice and then it's the ghost face voice um he now has a bandage over his ear ear um on account of his dick to the head um and then he said why she wants to know why did scream have a plot no didn't i know what you did last summer make any sense i don't think so um and so then bobby's motive is lack of sex and then bobby's like oh it's because we're gay and ray's like i ain't gay and bobby's like but what about that time you made love to me um and then they go on to talk about how they're copycatting a serial killer and they pull sydney cindy's dad out of the closet and he legit has like it's not quite a gimp it's a lot of leather he has knee pads on he has a ball (laughs) gag he has restraints like some really heavy like Like sex bondage type shit like what was happening to him um and then they they're getting ready to stab each other and every time ray goes to stab bobby bobby's like oh no wait wait i'm not ready yet i'm not ready and then ray goes um stab happy and then ray says um oh cindy says you guys have watched too many tv shows and ray says no watching tv shows doesn't create psycho killers canceling them does the wayans brothers was a good show man it was a good ass show and we didn't even get a final episode and then it's bobby's turn to stab ray and ray's like ain't nobody stabbing me (laughs) the other because they're copycats the real ghost face shows up and um hooks ray so ray's dead bobby's dead and this is when cindy has the matrix fight with ghost face and at the time it was hilarious but i have to say out of all the things that they parodied in this movie the matrix parody was the most oversaturated in our pop culture yes at that point like every fucking movie did some sort of reference to it and then at one point cindy's doing this dance hovering in the air 
And at first I was like, is she like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance? But then it also kind of felt like Lydia in Beetlejuice at the end where she got to dance <laughs> because she got an A on her science test. It just felt, it gave me those vibes. So now the cops are coming. The killer is gone and the dad comes out and he's like, the killer's gone and he planted drugs all over the house. <laughs> Yeah, he before the, they even go outside to see the cops, he's super nervous about, yeah. you know, Cindy, don't say anything. And she's like, relax, you know. And Cindy had kicked um, Ghostface outside of the window, so she thought he would be there. Yes. And um, the sheriff, the good-for-nothing sheriff, is like, uh, not there. Um and she doesn't even is no concern over that poor girl's dead body still from the garage and so the sheriff takes her down to the station and dad's like i don't even know where (laughs) like call me if you need anything but don't call me (laughs) um they take they go down to the, the station and so he's like questioning her and she's trying to figure out who would have done this and 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 whatever and it just clicks in her head at, and her coffee mug falls to the floor or whatever. And with a goldfish re- in it. What is that from? Um, I don't know about the goldfish part. I do know that this whole scene is a callback to the usual suspects. Yes. Um, and so we see Doofy walking down the street, slowly shedding his uniform. He peels off his mustache like he has slicked back like greaser hair no he's not walking weird yeah he's he um his walking cadence corrects itself and so now he's just looking like a suave dude walking down the street and up pulls a convertible driven by gale hailstorm and he hops in and they're like driving by the precinct and he drops his little doofy backpack with the um, knife and the hat and the mask and yeah cindy's in the middle of the street yelling no and then is hit by a fucking car i was just like what reference was that or was that just no no reason <sighs> Who knows? And then at the very end, right before the credits roll, um, Shorty has rules, much like Randy had rules in Scream. Shorty's rules are gotta be quick, don't fall down, never look back, which if you listen to our previous episodes are also Danielle's rules for surviving <laughs> they're every black person's rules <laughs> and and then you find out that they're really just robbing the store oh yeah and then he goes uh, after he goes through his rules he goes snatch and run all and then yeah they're just fucking robbing a liquor store and his rules were not for surviving a horror movie it was actually surviving a fucking armed robbery um yes people we've done scary movie jesus christ we made it it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be the same i mean i've i felt worse than some of the other movies aka heavyweights 
Um, yes. Well, let's get to the movie facts we did not get sure. to talk about. The director, Keenan Ivory Wayans, made the cameo in the movie in the fake Amistad 2 trailer. Which was like, it started off like Titanic. It was pretty funny, but also very heart-wrenching at the same time. So this movie was not just like a minor hit. It was a huge hit. It pulled in over... $270 $270 million from the global box office, and it only had a budget of $19 million. So it did really freaking good. And the movie was originally called Last Summer I Screamed because Friday the 13th fell on Halloween at first, which has very much don't be a menace to South mm-hmm. Central while drinking your juice in the hood vibes <laughs> yeah they they mentioned that when they were gonna do it and then they realized that scream originally was supposed to be called scary movie and they changed it and so they took the opportunity to use that as the name i guess it doesn't help i mean not help i guess it doesn't hurt that people who were behind scream were, were the studio behind this movie to be able to pull that Um, Absolutely. The producers initially wanted Aaliyah to play Brenda and the role ultimately went to Regina Hall. Aaliyah had turned it down out of respect for Brandy, who was in the second I Know What You Did Last Summer movie. Right. Which is actually really important because at the time it was Aaliyah, Brandy, and Monica, and they were trying to pit all of them against each other. And Brandy and Aaliyah actually had a really nice friendship. And I thought that was really cool of her to be mindful of that. Um, The original script was going to feature a cameo um, from Jamie Lee Curtis as Cindy would discover her hiding in a closet in her house while the killer was chasing her up the stairs. That didn't happen, obviously, so, but that would have been cool. It would have really been cool if Jamie Lee popped up. Alicia Silverstone was also in the running for the main role. She declined to work on Love's Labor's Lost, which interestingly enough also starred matthew lillard uh it didn't do well it did so bad that kenneth Branagh had like a three-picture deal with the studio at the time and after it did so poorly it got taken away sad and then at around 54 minutes when ray and brenda are in the movie theater the preview screen reads the following p view has been as proved for amateur audiences only. If you can read this, you are too close. PP, poopy booger farts butthole. Rated I for immature. We thought it would be funny to put this here. Kiss our asses and take it off pause. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> One of the, the, my favorite facts about this is that Jared Leto was going to be Bobby Loomis or could have been, but he declined it so he could be in a requiem for a dream. Um, I, Which also uh, stars Marlon Wayans. Yep. I, I just, I would have loved that if he was in it because <laughs> I love him, but that did not happen. So yeah. crushing my dreams. And Scary Movie was bought before the script was complete. 
And the director encouraged all of the actors to improvise with Shannon Elizabeth telling EW, Keenan said, I want to shoot what's on the page and I'm going to let you guys do anything you want. At the end of the day, I'm going to use whatever's the funniest and the best. And I, as the director, will get the credit for it. (laughs) Savage. And I love it. Um, In an early version of the script, it was, you know, with the Waynes brothers, it's a a family affair, they were going to have Damon Wins be um, revealed as the killer, but they had to rewrite it because he had too many scheduling conflicts. So he wasn't in it, which I would have liked that too. I, I love him. I think he's my favorite. I was just going to say Damon Wayans is my favorite Wayans. <laughs> he is one of his very early stand-up comedy specials. Like I recorded off of HBO on VHS and I watched the shit out of it. I loved it. Um, And lastly, the cameraman played by Dan Joffrey is called Kenny. Not only is this a reference to Scream where the cameraman played by W. Earl Brown in the movie had, had the same name, but it is also the last name of Francis Kenny, scary movie cinematographer. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So ladies, let's do our ratings. Teresa, well, now that you've rewatched it, are you still at a five day rental? Okay, so because of the things in this movie that are very problematic, I'm going to go down to, um, let me see, like below a five day rental a two day? Uh, okay. I don't want to do a two day though, because it, it is still so clever. I want to do, this is not a thing, but I'm going to do, can I do a three day rental? Yeah. Why not? Sure. Can I say yeah. that I'm going to do a two day rental and then keep it for three days? You're going to pay a late fee. You're going to pay yeah. a late fee. I'm going to pay okay. a late fee. That's I like it. Because, um, it, it's still like an iconic movie. It's still really, really funny. I still laugh to this day. Um, Regina Hall is like everything in it. She's like the point for me. But there's a lot of problematic stuff in this movie that we yeah. did not catch when we were young. You know what I mean? And so that that has to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. That, that hampers your enjoyment a little bit. 100% agree. Jackie? Um, I'm going to do a same day rental. I just, uh, aside from a few lines here and there, um, it's just, it's not too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I am going down to a two day rental because I, again, like after watching it the first time and now there's been some time and so it's like brand new as usual, but it's still too much. it, well, not too much. It's not as funny any, as much anymore because time has passed and it is what it is. Yeah. But before we go, Teresa, why don't you tell everybody how to find you one more time on social so that they can listen to your wonderful reviews of movies? All right, cool. So I am at Luscious Garbage um, on TikTok. On an app called Rizzle, <laughs> I am at Lush- Luscious Garbage Productions. 
Um, and on YouTube, I am Luscious Garbage. Highly recommend that you guys go check her out, especially her TikTok account. And we're hoping she'll start moving some of those videos to the other platforms as well. Um, cause they're really good. She gives great insight and some wonderful movie recommendation, especially if you love indie films. Thank you again, Teresa. We know that this is a different experience, but we had so much fun having you on and we hope that you'll come back. I absolutely would love to. I had a really good time. Thank you guys so much for asking me to be on the show. Thank you for coming. We, you made our, like our month. You did. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. (laughs) This was awesome. Thank you again, Teresa, for joining us. And thank you guys for listening as usual follow us on social if you haven't done so already and you listen to the podcast what what are we doing here we are at no more late fees on tiktok twitter instagram facebook youtube and the tiki tuck follow us engage with us we'd love to hear your thoughts um if you want to leave us a direct message a comment or you can call our number our google voice number Give the people the number, Jackie. Our quick drop number is 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. You can call, leave us feedback, talk about what you like, disliked. We like to hear opposing opinions. Did you agree with us? Maybe not. Movie suggestions. Our time frame is 95 to 2005. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Any Blockbuster video store stories. We love to hear those nostalgic trips down memory lane and you can be featured on a future episode. Also, please consider joining our Patreon, become a Patreon bestie. We have Patreon exclusive polls, ask me anything, bonus clips, lives, stickers, the stickers exclusive events just for patreon members so you can visit patreon.com slash no more late fees for more info also we have a new patreon bestie (laughs) so just a quick shout out to my cousin patrice thank you patrice (laughs) (laughs) thank you for your already you're already sending us suggestions love it keep doing what you do and As usual, be kind and rewind.